Welcome to Episode 3 of the Humble Hemorrhaholic Podcast. As I continue to chat with members of the American Daylily Society while attending the Region 10 Midwinter Symposium in Bowling Green, Kentucky. In this episode, I was able to steal a few moments of Scott Elliott's time. Scott is the current American Daylily Society's Vice President, Judge's Education Chair, and Region 5 Director. We discussed his many roles in the ADS, his passion for daylilies, and his love of exhibitions. It was an honor to sit down with someone who dedicates so much of his time to the society, and his passion and commitment to Daylily shines through our conversation. I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Thank you for downloading the Humble Hemorrhaholic Podcast, where you get to know the people that make Daylilies come to life. This is a show to help you get to know the people that share a common love for the genus Hemorrhacalis, or more commonly known as the Daylily. We will be discussing a wide variety of topics with Daylily leaders, hybridizers, and individuals that simply share a love of the Daylily. Along the way, we'll discuss hybridization, different aspects of the American Daylily Society, regional topics of interest, local club topics, gardening basics, trends, and challenges. If you're an emerging or seasoned daylily enthusiast, enjoy gardening in general, or just share a love of podcasts, I sincerely hope that you will enjoy the insights our guests will bring to this podcast. My name is Rhonda Verovin, and I will be your host on this fun adventure. Scott Elliott today. Um, he is our vice president of the American Daylily Society and the judge's education chair, correct? That's correct. And you're the region five director, That's Georgia? Right. Yes. Okay. So if you could, I mean, obviously we know all of these things about you and your how you're very connected and very involved in the society, but could you let people know a little bit about Scott Elliott, the person outside of Daylilies? Honestly, outside of Daylilies, I don't, I really don't do a lot outside of dailies anymore. This is what I do. I worked for many years to get to the place where I could just concentrate on dailies. Well, that's fair. And that was, I mean, that is, I retired 10 years ago. What did you do before? I did, well, a, a lot of things and and most of them at the same time. I owned a couple different businesses that uh, one was painting contracting, one was uh, historical restoration of houses and had a lot of employees in that. And I also did Research ran drug clinical drug trials. I taught. I you were going to say you ran drugs. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, no, we're not. That's I'm not not the mule. I actually I actually learned how to how to I actually tried to develop new ones, especially with okay. having to do with blood flow regulation in the brain of the newborn. And I taught at the university level and uh, and medical school level and college level. I mean, all over the place. And I even did a private high school for a while, all in science and many many different subjects. Very good, very good. So now you said you don't have a whole lot of interests outside of I have, dailies. I have no life outside of dailies. <laughs> That's pretty much what I do. I, every morning I get up and I think about dailies all day long and then go to sleep and wake up during the night thinking about what crosses I want to make the next year. I pretty much live for the for the uh, blooming season and seeing my new dailies, my new crosses. Very good. That, that really, I mean, it, it, it's sad, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I spend four or five hours a day answering emails and stuff for for ADS and and then planning and thinking about dailies and occasionally I ate lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> 
Um, so how did you find daylilies? How did you get into them? Well, I, I'd always grown plants. I mean, I've got a video of me when I'm a, a – actually, well, Super 8 movie of me when I was uh, <laughs> about two years old, barely able to walk. And I actually – this incredible thing, I think – Show me walking out, waddling out towards the plant bed, and I stick my hand down in the ground and check the soil out. And I, apparently, I determined it was dry because I walked back and got the hose and watered them. And it's been that way my whole life. I've always grown plants. My first passion was orchids. I went down to, I spent a year in South America, collected about 5,000 orchids, brought them back. And that was my goal. My plan was to, to grow orchids as a living. And then I started getting into the logistics of it and found out that the costs were just enormous and that many of the orchids I wanted to do, we were, talk- we were talking four, five, six, seven years before they would even bloom. And I started looking at this and saying, you know, I can only do how many generations can I do before I die and I can't get anywhere. <laughs> and so that, yeah, so that just didn't work. But I'd love, I still love orchids. I wish I could do it. And if, you know, if I could, if I win the lottery, I'll probably big, huge greenhouse and fill it with thousands of them. That's my first thing. Uh, my plan was always to get into doing nursery or something like this, but I kind of felt like, well, I got to make some money doing other things. But I did start out with a wholesale nursery in California in 1983, in which I grew landscape container plants. This means you put, uh, I was growing plants for the landscape industry. We didn't grow them in the ground. We grew them in pots, from gallon pots on up to 24-inch boxes. And everything I grew, I grew from either seeds or cuttings to cut the cost down because it's very competitive and land and everything is ridiculously expensive in California. That's a cutthroat business. So I, so 1983 is when I started. And one of the things I grew was daylilies. They were ugly daylilies. <laughs> there was, there was a company they about were functional. <laughs> well, they were functional, but there was a company that sold seeds by the pound. And they, I mean, I bought all sorts of seeds, trees, everything. And one of the things I bought was, was daily seeds. And it just, you didn't know what they were. It just said daylilies. That's all it said. And so I buy, you know, 10, 20 pounds of daily seeds and I plant them up and I'd sell them off for a dollar fifty a piece in a gallon pot a year later. And over time, making deliveries and everything with that, I saw a few a few interesting ones and realized there was something more than this, the plain orange and yellow dailies, which were really ugly. And I started hybridizing and mixing weird stuff together and getting my own seeds. And I found out that when I started getting these doubles and unusual forms and other stuff, which they didn't even exist that much in AHS at the time. And but I started selling them and the landscapers started coming to my place and and buying them like crazy. I was selling I was selling doubles and unusual forms and weird stuff for the same price as everybody else was selling what we called freeway dailies. Because <laughs> that's where they are. There's line the freeways, you know, they buy yes. and and but my typical sale, I may only make two or three sales a week, but they were five or ten or fifteen thousand dailies at a time. Along with the wow. other stuff. But over yeah, over the years, I hybridized since starting in 1983 and all the way through. But uh, went until about it was about ten years ago. About whatever, whatever ten years ago is. <laughs> that's when I just that's when I retired and went into it full time. And I've been hybridizing and saving my best ones in clumps. And when they got too big, I just dug them up and threw them away. And a lot of mine, I mean, like one of my one of my favorites, Wildman George. I actually hybridized it in around 1992. And I've been throwing away, I always threw away 100 fans of that thing before someone convinced me I should register it and sell it. And now and look now, at it. <laughs> I wish I had those hundreds of fans back. I was going to say, you could sell those easily. Yeah. <laughs> you just got into it for the sheer economics at the beginning. At, at the beginning, that's what it was. And then, you know, I sold, again, I've been in, I had lots of different businesses. That's where I made most of my money was in business. And I, I, I 
was really good at creating businesses and then selling them off and making a huge profit on it. And so I did that with many different ones. And But I always liked growing plants. And the more I got into the dailies and, and had more fun because they, they were so easy to hybridize, not, 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 not to make the seeds, but they're so easy to hybridize and make something new compared to other plants. You know, the other ones, it was so hard to get daily in one generation, I could come up with something new and different. And that's, so that's why I really got into that. And I, more and more passion. again, I really truthfully avoided AHS trying to get into it. I didn't want to be involved in any organization. I didn't want to go in there. I mean, my idea of, of, of the, of a daily club was I'm going to go in there and it's going to be a bunch of little old ladies. They're going to tell me how to grow my plants. And I've I been, resemble that remark. <laughs> But you know that was the idea. So I'm going to have some little old lady, and she's going to come up and tell me how to grow my plants when I've been growing hundreds of thousands of them, and it was an attitude problem on my part. And so, I finally got talked into after many, many years. The neighbor down the street from us was a member of AHS, and he used to come over during the bloom season every morning, and he would look at the dailies in the yard and just walk through. He'd be out there for an hour every day. Uh-huh. And just walking in my dailies, and he, and he kept he kept saying, "Well, you need to you need to register these, and you need to become a member." And I, I, anyway, finally, I gave up and went in. <laughs> and then I met some of these little old ladies at the at the first daily club meeting, <laughs> and I found out they were really nice. And, and, I, right. I, and I've been back ever since. <laughs> and I know that I've found that it's pretty diverse. It's not just a bunch of little old ladies, but those little old ladies are pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, but there were a lot of them. <laughs> but, they were, but then I, you know, I came in, and I was nice and young, and they thought I was like the grandson or, or their son, and they, and they treated me very well. Very good. They, they didn't try to tell me what to do. It was wonderful. So I'm very curious, who was this person who talked you into... Well, there were many that got me finally into it, but the one of them was uh, our our local weatherman, Pat Prokop. He was a member, and he had down down the other end of the street, and he had about 250, 300 plants. And then some members of the club that I had actually been people that I knew, friends with, came over and kept pushing me into it, and I finally gave in. (laughs) (laughs) Enough beating, and then you finally yeah. I mean, I just didn't want to be part of an organization, but once I got into it, I said, you know, this is this is really cool. It wasn't what I expected at all. It wasn't some Oh, boring thing. It was very interesting and exciting. Yeah. I I know that for myself, I was surprised. I was reluctant. I'm not necessarily a joiner. And then I joined my local club, and then I joined the regional level, and everybody said, oh, you got to go to a national. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) No, I don't. And then now we're hosting. hosting. (laughs) Same here. here. I understand. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Scott is one of, he is the chair for the 2020 National Convention in Savannah. Now, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, and I happen to know this about you, but um, could you share what your favorite form of daylily is or your favorite style or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to let you yeah. kind of go with that? Well, it's pretty much anything except a large, round, single flower. My ultimate goal is to create unusual form doubles. That's what I've liked for, well, since I started. I was trying to make those things way back when be- before I even knew that they didn't exist. I was trying to do those. I didn't understand that when I came in, I didn't even understand that that was a new thing when I was doing it. But yeah, I like the unusual form doubles because I like the twisting and turning. I like the fact that no, even on the same plant, the flower is different every day. And along with that, then of course, I like the, the spiders and unusual forms because I have to use those to get my unusual form doubles. You know, I like some of the, some of the minis and stuff are okay. But if, if you just give me a, really, I want to make, Doubles, unusual form doubles, spiders, and unusual forms. That's my that's the goal. In different sizes and whatever. 
And I know for a fact that you like distinction. Like yeah. you like something that you can tell that is Scott Elliott's Daylily. Yeah. You know, just by seeing it from across the yeah, that Yeah. And that's been my goal all along is to create, try to create, and it's very difficult, but try to create ones that do not need a name tag. Um, most of the time you go into the garden and people, you hear them say, well, that's a really nice one. What is it? And they go over and look at it. And then they have to write it down because they can't remember that. Uh, some of the biggest joy in my life has been when we've been at conventions and from 50 feet away, someone says, look, there's your daylily. Mm-hmm. They don't even see the name tag. They don't see anything. They just they, they can tell from 50 feet away, that's yours. And I've got a few I, that that I, that are like that, that everybody sees it, they see it once and they, they know what it is because there's nothing else like it. Well, and, and that happened to me with um, WYSIWYG. Mm-hmm. I saw that at a national convention and I'm like, I have to have this. This is really cool. Yeah. And what... Oh, what you see is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it was, it, it seriously was one that took my breath away. And I'm like, this is unlike anything I've seen. So that was and instantly on my wish list. And that's the goal. And that's hard. We, we have almost 90, we'll be at 90,000 in a few days almost. Right. And yeah, and, and so many of them just look alike and you really can't tell. And so if you work really hard at it, then you're going to get a few. Not, not all of mine do that, but, you know, the goal is to get those few that do that. And that's, it's real exciting when you, when you get one and, and, the first time you see it, you know. The first time I saw my, my flower, Tim Harrington, not the person. Of course, Tim Harrington, Miss <laughs> Hales is very unique. But the first time I saw the flower, Tim Harrington, I mean, it bloomed one time. You know, the scape was really nice, the lots of buds and everything. I was really excited about that. And then it bloomed. I took a picture and sent it to picture to 10 people, and I, and I got it. That was on the first bloom. It bloomed one time. Mm-hmm. And I knew. And even now, you see it, and there is nothing that's like it. It's it's unique. And that it was, is very unique. And, yes. and that's that was what I was excited. And that's the goal. And and it happens every year too. You hope you hope you can get one, just one that's like that. Yes. I know a couple of years that are coming up are definitely like that. Yeah, so you've been trying to get on the list. I see that. I'm trying to get on the list. Maybe if I beg nice enough, I might get on the list. I'm gonna ask you an impossible question. Your favorite. Daylily, or okay. you know, you can pick a couple, but well, my, it's awfully hard. To I'm going to do the one. favorite that's not mine. Perfect, because I'm all of mine are my favorites. But <laughs> the favorite, if I would have to say the one that, or, or a couple of them that I like were favorites of, were Jan Joiners, and ones I based a lot of my stuff off of. When I saw Firefly Frenzy when it was a seedling in her yard, that's gorgeous. And I saw that, I just said, you know, that's, because that's what I was trying to do. I had ones in not the same shape, but I had already had a lot of unusual form doubles in my yard. I mean, probably had 25 or 30 different ones already at that point in time. And then the other one was Sebastian, uh, Sebastian the Crab, I almost said the wrong name. And I like that one so much. I saw it as a seedling. I can't remember the exact year it was, but it was, I think, three or four years before it came out. I just happened to go over there to the garden. In fact, I used to go to the garden. They didn't even know who I was. (laughs) Uh, I never. I, I used to mess with Mr. Joiner a lot of times, but I and I saw this flower and I said, "That's what I want to do." And I I didn't at that point in time. I wasn't in AHS. I didn't even know about the database. So what I did is I went around the Joiner's yard and and saw the plants that were for sale. And I said, "Okay, now which ones of these could make that?" And I bought a couple from them, and I used uh, some of mine. And it took me four generations. And I came up with Sebastian on steroids, which at times is identical to it. And I went and talked to Jan afterwards and said, you know, because she was actually the one that gave it his name. She, went, for, she came over and she said, she looked at it once and she, was, uh, she says, that looks like Sebastian on steroids. So that's, that's how I got fantastic. his name. But, 
Yeah. Uh, and we, we, so I compared it. So, you know, Jen, and Jen, I want to know because, you know, I did use some of your plants in this. I'm trying to figure out what the, what the heritage is of this thing. And we had one parent in common. So it shows to me, it's really interesting because out of the, out of the grandparents, one of them was in common. So there were three other grandparents on there that were using that were different. Yet we came up with almost the same flower. And sometimes, sometimes, especially if they're not right next to each other, you can't, you couldn't tell which one is which. But I would, that was my goal. Now, yeah, there are differences in yeah, color and yes. everything else, but they're close enough that they're almost the same thing. And that was so, you know, you can do it. It's and good. you came around at the back door. You didn't steal a little anther off. No, and, you know, I, no, I never. I don't. I will not do that. I, I will buy the plant. Right, right. Yeah, That's I mean, funny. yeah, yeah. And I, I've, I've spent a lot of money for pollen. <laughs> yes. Um. How about your plants? Now you said all of yours are your favorites, but. <laughs> I'm not letting you off that easy. <laughs> I tried. You're sneaky there. A little, uh, bit, little bit. Well, I mean, obviously, the ones that win things are my favorites, but the ones I'd really like to go out and look at again and again. I mean, Wissy Wig, Wild Man George, Sebastian on steroids in the doubles, and Tim Harrington in the doubles. And I've got some singles coming out. I got a couple spiders, a Ghost Ranger, which is coming out, which is a white spider with ridiculous bud count and branching and everything else. Uh, and a little twisted, which is one best in show four times already. Those are my favorite spiders, and I have some other ones coming out like Darth Siduous and Bobarella, which are very dark with very bold eyes. That's most of the favorites. Yeah. Right now, there'll be another favorite one this season. I can tell. I can. I feel it. <laughs> you feel it. It's it coming. Has, it hasn't, it bloomed, hasn't bloomed out. Bloomed it hasn't yet. bloomed yet. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> it's it's there. <laughs> Who have been mentors? Like have you're able to take a look at things. You're able to take a look at plants and try to figure it out. Um, many people aren't quite as <laughs> lucky in that regard, I guess you'd say. So do you have any people who've kind mm -hmm. of helped you along the way, given yeah. you advice that you found valid sage advice? Yeah. You mean not everybody teaches genetics and cell and molecular biology? Not okay. everybody does that, no. no. Now the advice, I mean, a lot of it was more observation. Of course, Jan Joyner, because that's the type of stuff I liked. And we became, we've become very good friends over the years. And it helps that you're close. Yeah, we're close to them. <laughs> They've been very close. And so for her, a lot of it was, you know, we just go over and we, it wasn't so much her telling me what to do, but it was the we're discussing. I mean, I've been, I've been hybridizing as, actually, I think as, as long as had, long as she has, and within a year or so, we started about the same time, but we were doing it in very different ways. And, but with the discussion, just the going back and forth, it, and uh, seeing what she was doing, you know, we we go over there and we we would hybrid. She would pollinate things, and we discuss that. And she come over to my house, and we do the same thing back and forth. And then we then we also traded a lot of plants. We don't care. We were, I mean, Jan's been wonderful because we do it both ways. We don't. If you saw a plant in the yard and I liked it, she just said, "Okay, it's yours." And we did the same thing back and forth. We just gave them to each other because we don't care. We get excitement if honestly we get excitement if the other person wins. That's fantastic. You know, if she, yes. you know, she, you know, she's. We both had plants up for the Ida Munson, and she won it one year, and I was excited for her. I said that was great. I didn't feel any bad about it, and and then it's happened the other way too. So, and that's good. Yeah, and isn't it nice to have people that yeah. you know celebrate your successes, and it's mm -hmm. not this big competition. It's really working together. Yeah, I, I like that. A lot. And yeah, you know, another person that helped a lot in a, in a different way was was Tim Harrington, and he was more with. Uh, he was really good at at strategy, especially of. How to, what to take to a show, what to you know how you know 
he had some good grooming ideas and but he was really good at he's really good at figuring out what you what you should take which plant you should take and all that sort of stuff and that really helped and then of course Tim has great plants and Absolutely. and we worked we did the same thing too we traded back and forth and gave a lot of plants and of course I did name one after him I was so going to say you yeah, have a pretty fantastic yeah. flower that just won a um, oh, HM right? HM yeah. so um, an honorable mention and you know and it's his namesake <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so we I mean again that was the two. Uh, other than that, it was really just me. It was trial and error. And again, I'd done it for more than 20 years before I even got into AHS. I was all on my own. And that was just using uh, observation with uh, and knowledge of genetics. And dailies are not easy to figure out that way. But but the genetics still work. It's just it's, you have to much more complex. Yes. So let's turn to some of your role that you have within the ADS. You're the VP. So mm-hmm. you've obviously been on the board um, you're the Region 5 director, you're the judge's education chair, you know, you've written a book, you've, <laughs> you've been on the science, you've been the scientific chair. I mean, yeah. I could go on and on and on. So why don't we focus on what you're doing now with ADS and give a little insight into what that might entail. Okay. Well, let's see. As as vice president, really, I kind of just uh, wait around for Judy to tell me something to do. <laughs> uh, it's not, a, it's not, a, I mean, it means I help out at the... Uh, in the board meeting, and I present action items and things for people that don't that for items coming in from non-directors. That's my role, and I, of course, if some, if Judy wasn't able to make it, I'd I'd take over. But but really, it's uh I don't it's not a major role, uh, but I, as the judge's education chair, that's where I do most of my work. And, and that's, that's a major job. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, I've gotten it to the place where it's not that bad because we we went through with the with the committee and we redid. The Garden Judges book and the Exhibitions book, which has both for the uh, Exhibition Judges and for the shows. We redid that and updated it and put a lot of pictures in there where there weren't any before and cleaned it up a lot on things that needed to be done. So after that's done, you know, it's just it's just small updates. We had uh, not, not that bad, but it, what it ends up being, though, is on a typical day, it's about four hours of answering emails, maybe five every day, seven days a week. Of some just simple ones, how to the you know the I can't download the the exhibitions book, or, <laughs> and that's you know that's just simple things. And some of them are technical questions, like we are from a club, we're putting on a show, and we can't this. What does this rule really mean? Uh, or to questions from judges, how do we interpret this? And then a lot of a lot of trying to fix problems. It's constantly we're trying to make the the book better. Uh, the books better and the judging materials, the PowerPoint programs, and everything. And you know, we think we've got it perfect. And of course, someone we have a class, and someone says, "Well, you did this," and maybe the the color was wrong. We even had did that the color wrong because someone didn't like the color of our of something. One of the things we have in there, but it's trying to fix it constantly and make it better. And and then always some year someone finds a loophole to try to do something <laughs> strange that we have to close and fix up. So now you say we. Yeah, so well, this is commu- not this is not Scott Elliott no. making all these just unilateral decisions about what goes into the books and the rules and things. Could you give a little bit of explanation on that? Yeah, well, I mean, any rule that is anything that's in the judge's book. Now, the the handbooks, let's say, uh, have been around for a long, long time. The what am I want to call it, the essential parts of it have not changed at all. Uh, we just it just small things that have changed over the years, but so. 
essentially we're working with a document which has been around for more than 20 years on for garden judges and for exhibition judges. And we've made small changes and enhancements on it. Now, if we do, someone comes up with it and says, we need to change a rule or, or fix something that's just not working. If it's anything that's of any substance and will make any real difference at a show, then we get the entire committee in on it. And everybody on there is uh, ex- on the exhibitions. Let's say for the, everyone on the exhibitions is uh, exhibition instructors. So they're, they there are they are judges plus their instructors, and they've been around for a long time. And actually, three or four of them on the committee were also in previous uh, editions of the book and have helped write it. So we go through that, and if we find out there's some change we need to make, we get an agreement on that. Everybody agrees with the wording or whatever we do. And again, if it's if it's substantive, then it is submitted to the board, and the board votes on it before we put it in. Like we wouldn't change the definition of something without full board approval. We can, yeah, that's what, so it's, it gets, yeah. yeah, we, we, we don't do anything unilaterally unless it's, it's, you know, putting in a comma or I was gonna say yeah, change, grammatical, errors. Yeah, grammatical errors and fixing small things that, that don't matter right. like that. You know, we have with, without board approval, we did, you know, we, we would put in something like we have some descriptors that of, uh, positive attributes for form let's say we might have added we, we might add another word is because someone says well you know we're not we're, we didn't that really is something that's positive and so we've added something like that in, but it doesn't change the judging we didn't say that form is now worth five points instead of ten right right no and we haven't taken the things out so judges education isn't just exhibitions it's also garden judges yeah it, it the education is about the whole thing it, it is the education of the judges for exhibitions it's education of judges for garden judges, and it's also education for exhibitions, which we call it. That's that's everything to do with the show. So that's the show chairs, the, all the chairmen, how do we put on a show, the sample show schedule, and all that. That's all included. So it's really three separate parts, even though exhibitions and exhibition judges are two separate things. They're still part of the same process. Since we know that you have so many achievement medals, you clearly enter a lot of exhibitions yourself. Um, how did you get into that? Oh, I just always liked going to shows. I mean, uh, we're start, we can go way back until we're really young. I like, I mean, I just like competing in things. It's just, it's fun. It's probably a male thing, but I, I like, I, I do like competing. I mean, I, you know, I compete in sports and we competed in showing. I, I just, I showed cats for many years like, really? all across what the kind? country. Uh, Persians, solid, solid color and silver Persians. And then one stint with the Siamese for my judging certification. But so I did that for many years, and and you know it's just the fun of it. The part of it, it's fun to grow them, but it's also fun to to go and see if how I do compared to everybody else, and so that that's exciting. So it's really about the competition. It is. It is. It gives you <laughs> something more. I mean, it the competition is another place where you can get people to see your plants. I mean, if you're if you're growing the plants, you want everybody to see them. Well. They're not going to come over to your yard every day, and but this, when you have a show, you can take in your best, not not the dogs that are that you're hiding in the corner, <laughs> uh, but you get to take in just your best ones and, and choose, and, and then they go to a show, and the judges see them, the other exhibitors see them, the the people that they put it, the people coming in see it, and so you might have, you know a big show, you might have, you have hundreds of people seeing it, and you get comments on it, and it's just fun. Get, so I'm getting to show off my best plants in their best shape to a bunch of people. And we all like that. I mean, what do we do? The first thing we do when we see our Bailey friends, we take out our phone and show them a picture. Absolutely. Well, this is the same thing. When I, I get to go now, I get to see all my daily friends and I get to show them my actual plant. And not only That's that, fun. but it gets judged. And now they can say, oh, that was best in show. And you're like, yeah, cool. <laughs> not only was it good, but yeah, it was really good. It was really, of, really and good. And I've got proof. <laughs> People don't understand. They're thinking there's only the 
on the way to the Stout Medal, you know, the Pyramid okay. of Awards. Well, so the achievement, well, achievement medal is that's that's only in exhibition shows. Mm-hmm. The you know the honorable mention, the individual cultivar awards, the award of merit, Stout Medal. That's that's so those are are judged by garden judges. And they're supposed to see the plant growing in your garden. That's the goal. Now, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes they see it on Facebook and vote for it, but that's not the way you're supposed to do it. <laughs> it's you're not actually, ethical. <laughs> not ethical. You're supposed to see it growing in the garden, preferably, and most of them, it's supposed to be in your region, in fact. Uh, but with the, with the show awards, you know, this is only done in a show, and, and like the Achievement Medal, what you're doing is you're bringing in three scapes from a single unregistered seedling. And so you have to have... In order to get this, you've got to have three really good scapes, all blooming on the day of the show. And on the want, same day. On the same day. <laughs> and they've got to be good scapes, and they also need to be fairly close to the beginning of the bloom, the first, hopefully, the first one or two or three blooms on that. And so it's difficult to get even one entry. And then you take that in there and you know you get a group of three judges judging it. And to ma- I'm going to dumb this down a whole bunch, but basically you have to get a blue ribbon. Uh, all three, the judges have to award the each one of the escapes in that a blue ribbon. I said basically 90 points. I've dumbed it down a bunch of those for those of you who are exhibition judges. But essentially you have to get 90 points on each one, an average of 90. There's other ways to get around it. And with seedlings, the, the big thing is getting distinction points. That's 25 of the 100 points. And so it's uh, you can't just take in something that looks like everything else. You And there's a whole bunch of things that are distinction. Distinction means, in, in daily terms, it means that it is uh, better than or different than everything else in commerce. And so, you know, sometimes with dailies, especially with 90,000, it's hard to be completely different than Especially you take in a nice red daily, there's 22,000 of the 22,000 red single dailies registered. It's going to be really hard to get a lot of extra points on the color itself, but where you can get the points is so many other things. I mean, that's what we try to teach the judges is that, you know, there's other things like the the scape is really important. Uh, first, it you know, needs to be nice and straight. When you want it to be well branched. You don't want it to be all bunched to the top. You like it to be balanced. You want the the branches to be widely spaced so that you can have multiple blooms open at the same time and they don't touch. You want to have, you know, you don't want to have just a couple branches on there. You get four or five, that's really good. The bud count, you want at least 18 or 19 or 20. The average, when we did statistics on this and published some papers on this, the average is about 17 or 18 buds across the different sizes. So if you want to be better than average and get points for distinction, by the point, by definition, distinction is better than you need at least 19, 20 buds. And you need, the same with the branching. Branching was averages 3.5 to 3.7, depending on which, which uh, form you're looking at, branches per scape. So if you have four branches or more, you have, you are better than. It's not unique, but you're better than. Right. And so it's, it's a combination. So it's really difficult to get it, but the hard part is to get three scapes of the same seedling blooming on the day of the show that look really good. And in order to do that and to win win a bunch of them, I grow a huge number of plants that are capable of winning it. And then I hope I get some one or two on the day of the show. And I found that out of if I have 100 clumps of seedlings that are all capable of winning an achievement medal, 
on the day of the show, I can get about 1%. In other words, one. one. For every 100 <laughs> clumps of seedlings that are good enough, that are all four-way branching and better, all 19 buds are better, and have interesting faces, don't look like everything else, and have you know, good form, everything else. Out of, if I have 100 clumps of those, I can get usually one entry on the day of the show. And how many of you won overall? Uh, 64. Wow. That's impressive. So, well, it's, it's a huge <laughs> amount of work, but I, yeah. I typically grow about 350 to 400 clumps of dailies that are capable of winning an achievement medal. And so, and I go to a lot of shows. It depends on the year and the scheduling. I go to uh, between three and, and five shows that I compete in, usually around four or five that I compete in. And so if I, you know, during the peak season, if I go to four shows and I can get three or four at a show out of my 400, then that's a really good day. And I go, and I do it over and over. So I work, I work very hard. I mean, I'm exhausted by the end of show season, <laughs> just totally because you're, it's, it's not just a matter of picking scapes. It's huge amounts of work. I bet. Um, I know that I took the exhibition one class and was overwhelmed because I had never been to a show I was the bad student that didn't read the book ahead of time because I didn't read the instructions, you know. So I came in blind. I knew nothing. And it was not at all what I expected in a surprising way. Because now I know that I look at daylilies to put in my garden very different based on all of the things you were talking about, the form, the distinction, you know, the branching, bug count. And of course, garden judges, that that helped me as well. I mean, obviously, but surprisingly, exhibition, I think people should probably take at least exhibition one, if not two, yeah. to help them just be better growers. Yeah. If I mean, I tell it to everybody who wants, who's looking at hybridizing, or even some of them have been hybridizing for years, say you're never going to be a truly successful hybridizer unless you're an exhibition judge. And I based, I'm saying that based upon my experience, I had been hybridizing I don't know, for what, 25, 30 years, whatever it was at that point in time and before I became a, a judge. And I thought I had a lot of plants that looked really good. And I had some that were really good, were good show plants. But when I finally was convinced, I got talked into it by Martha Fawcett, and some of you will know her. Um, she just basically told me at the regional meeting, she says, Scott, you're, gonna, you're taking the exhibition one and two today. <laughs> and you're you doing it and you don't argue with martha everybody <laughs> loves martha knows her. i mean she, again she's very well known around hs uh and i did it and i learned finally why it was good i a lot of times i knew it was good but i learned why and when i started applying the standards that were in the handbook to my dailies and the selection i got rid of some and then and, and kept other ones and started really started hybridizing just for those conditions, those uh, characteristics. And that's when the, the, the hybridizing went from being doing good plants to getting a whole bunch of really good ones. Uh, because now I was focusing in on the things that got points. And, you, you know, just by doing a random chance, you're not going to get that. Or just picking out the pretty. Some of them I thought were really pretty. They were pretty, but they... You no branching. No, yeah. I mean, a beautiful flower, but they, they would never win. A, a garden judge wouldn't like them. Any, nobody would like them for points, but... And and let's be real, if they're going to earn an award best of show, for for example, at an exhibition show, it's going to be gorgeous in a garden. Yeah. And it's going to be long blooming. They're going to be well spaced. 
the branching is going to be, you know, my favorite is the candelabra, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have all these great attributes in your garden. So I think just learning and getting that yeah. background will be very helpful. Yeah. And, and typically, I mean, a good show, like you said, a good show flower is typically a good garden flower by its beauty, just by naturally it's, it's, you know, the better in, you know, if you're going to spend the same amount of time and money and space, we all have limited space. We, we always buy, we all have too many dailies. You know, would you, would you Blasphemy. rather, there's yeah. no such thing. <laughs> would you rather grow one that has, you know, that has, that has 10 buds and is, and blooms down in the foliage? Or would you rather have one that has 35 buds and four or five branches and, and blooms at a nice height above it and displays it well? Exactly. And that's, yeah. that one, that one, it happens to be also a good show flower. So, so I've got to ask, how many shows do you do a year, did you say? Oh, probably averages about four that I compete in, and then I judge in others. Last year, I judged or competed in nine shows. And that's like one every weekend or one or oh, two sometime, every weekend? Yeah, some, in Region 5, we're fortunate because we have there are 15 shows in the region, 13 wow. to 15, depending on, on the year. And although a lot of them are the same time, because there's so many, a lot of them have started doing midweek shows. So we had two. We had, I think, two shows in the midweek in the week last year. Wow. So I could often, yeah. And we actually had one week. We had three. So I was able to go to three weeks, three shows in a week. I think I com- I think I competed in six shows last year. So yeah, I was able to go to three shows in the same week, and that happened to be at peak season. So yeah, I mean, I'm going and and I have enough plants that you know I'm not just I don't if I pick up the scapes I don't even notice they're gone. <laughs> so. You know, that is a problem. Some people don't like to pick out the scapes because they don't get to see them in the garden. But right. for me, I go out there and, and you know, I, I was able to go to, you know, show one of them was a show on Wednesday, Saturday, and then Sunday. And you were exhausted at the well, end. Well, <laughs> yeah, because you you get I get up at usually around one or two in the morning to cut the scapes and then drive up to four hours to the show, stay at the show all day, drive back four hours, and then immediately go to, go to sleep for two hours and get up and do it again on that one weekend. That's crazy. Oh yeah, insanity. Well, insanity is is very common in the dailies. Yes, we know that. We know that for Who sure. Who else would pay a hundred dollars for a plant? <laughs> well, if it's really pretty. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! You're right. So um, I'm assuming with all of this background in judges' education and hybridizing that you do some presentations as well. You're a speaker. Yeah, I love doing it. <laughs> uh, this year, well, actually, kind of fortunately, this year has been a little bit slower. But uh, in a typical typical year, uh, twenty five to thirty five presentations across the country. Uh, most of the presentations I do are on my hybridizing program. I have a my program's a little crazy. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I show all the, all the pictures of what I'm doing, and I love doing it. Uh, I've also done some on some of the scientific uh, topics. I've written a lot of articles on basically how to do everything. Most of the stuff I just make up. It's not true, but <laughs> but I make it sound really good so no one knows. Uh, but then you you have to go through that process of actually proving that. Yeah, well, you know, if you sound if you sound really confident, then you can say whatever. But no, but I I I, I love it. It's just so much. I mean, you know, we all love talking about our plants, and now I've got someone that says, "Will you come to our club? We're going to pay for you to get here." We're gonna put you up in a hotel. We're gonna take you out to a restaurant the night, you know, before the thing. And we, of course, we're gonna take you to our favorite restaurant. Now, that's that's the problem is I have to work out a lot during the week. But they take you to the favorite <laughs> restaurant. You eat way too much, and then then you go down there and you talk about your dailies. I mean, that's what we do anyway. If we do it for free, because every time we see our friends, we talk about our dailies. And so now, 
there's a whole room full of people and they listen to me for an hour talk about my dailies and then they come up afterwards and they buy some from me. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> How fun is that? <laughs> so if if people wanted to get you to mm-hmm. speak for their club or for their region, how would they get a hold of you? The well, best way, I mean, you can look. I've got a website which has all the contact stuff there. You can actually contact me through that. It, it's pretty easy. ScottElliottDailies.com. You got to spell it right because my, my name has two L's and two T's in it and everybody spells it with one T. But if you spell it right, you'll get to my website. And there's, you know, there's a contact thing. You can go me straight through that or you can just email me. That, that information is on there or you can email me at scottelliotdailies at yahoo.com. I made it really easy. I know I came up with a really, really was, fancy name for my, that's really for my clever. garden. But uh, yeah, I just couldn't think of anything else. So I just said, well, Scott Elliot, I can remember that name. That's how I got it. And you won't forget it, right? No, I've only forgotten a couple times, but no big deal. (laughs) Well, thank you, Scott, very much for coming and having a conversation with us about you, a little bit about your program, and a lot about judges' education. I really appreciate (laughs) it. Thank you. Glad to be here. If you enjoyed the show, I humbly request that you subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Help others find us by sharing your favorite episode with a colleague. And if you sincerely enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star rating in iTunes. Visit humblehemorrhaholic.com. That's humble, H-U-M-B-L-E, hemorrhaholic, H-E-M. E-R-O-H-O-L-I-C, all one word, dot com, for a full list of episodes, show summaries, and to subscribe. Got a specific question? Want to sit down and have a conversation? Or simply want to give feedback? Contact me at Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A, at Veroven, V-E-R-O-E-V-E-N, dot com. The Humble Hemorrhaholic is a part of the Daylily Pods podcasting network. Visit daylilies.online for more Daylily podcasts.